Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tinker Talks. I am your host, Mark Hybers, and today we're here to talk uh, about a very important topic, and that is men's health awareness. And so before we jump into the podcast, we just we'll just throw a few stats out there um, that I was able to pull off the CDC website. So I didn't get too deep into the weeds on it, and because there's so much out there that uh, we could probably go on and on for days. But cancer in general is the second leading cause of death in America. Um, it's obviously a big issue. A lot of people deal with it. Um, one out of every four deaths in America right now, as of 2017, is when the CDC's stats were updated. One out of every four deaths in America is cancer-related. And since we're talking about men's health awareness, then we're obviously talking about a type of cancer that affects a lot of men, um, and that's prostate cancer. And prostate cancer claims more than 30,000 men's lives every year, uh, and that has been for uh, more than two decades. And each year, more than 200,000 new cases are, are found. So in 2007 to 2014, there was a decline in prostate cancer in America for men, but since 2014 to current day, uh, that those numbers are going back up for whatever reason, um, there was no, there was no research in the data that I was looking at to suggest why that might be. Um, and also there are certain sectors of the population that deal with, with prostate cancer much more, um, harder, harder than most other pop pieces of the population. So with that, we're, we're here not to talk to a medical expert today, but, um, we are here to talk to somebody who actually went through um, prostate cancer, dealt with prostate cancer, uh, and was able to overcome and is here today to, to talk to us about it. And this is actually somebody that I used to work with um, and has been a, a good friend for a long time and uh, well-known around the base, just a, a great guy that now works in protocol over for our 552 Air Control Wing friends, uh, Ken Lafayette. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Mark. And thanks for taking time to join us today. That's a very important topic. I know I had to had to twist your arm a little bit to get you back into the limelight. <laughs> it's not like the old days of public affairs. Right, right. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's a great topic, and uh, looking forward to discussing. Cool. Thank you. you. So, so jumping right in, um, can you just kind of talk to us? The other day we were talking in the office, and I I had known that you had you had battled this and overcame many many years ago, but you I had never really talked to you kind of about how you found out how it all came to be and I, I know men in general I think sometimes uh, get criticized I know I do for not going to the doctor regularly um, I still don't go every year to get my checkups and I, and I probably should and you know obviously I can't speak statistically um, about that but I think probably a lot of men are just like me and, and maybe we're like you but can you talk to us a little bit about how it was that you came to find out that, that you had prostate cancer? Yeah, that's awesome, Mark. And uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I'm going to be speaking about my experience and uh, the part where you said a lot of men uh, don't get their annual checkups. That was me. That was me in a nutshell. So uh, it all started with me. Uh, uh, I'm up there in age, uh, get lots of um, nicks and bruises and aches and stuff like that that you attribute to getting older. Mm -hmm. Some of that's true. Uh, however, um, in this particular instance, I was playing a, a racquetball with a friend of mine, 
And, uh, you know, with racquetball, things can get kind of wild, especially when you're not a professional. So I <laughs> had a, a, a shoulder injury um, after one of the uh, matches. And uh, being a man, you think, okay, well, it'll go away. You know, give it a few days. Uh, but this one did not go away. And uh, so I said, well, We'll take some medication, some Tylenol, something, you know, something's going on. It's just a shoulder injury. I didn't really do anything really bad. So uh, anyway, to shorten the story a little bit, uh, I ended up going to see uh, my physician, and uh, she you know, gave me the, the remedy uh, about the shoulder, uh, which wasn't very serious. However, she was looking at my chart, and she noticed that I had not had a checkup or a physical lab work or nothing for like the last three years. Mm. Well... Um, I gave the, the old kin like, yep, oh, whatever, I'll take care of it, you know. Right. I had no, had no need to, to, I did not feel like I needed to do these things. And like some men, uh, mostly me, um, we kind of overlook our health a little bit. Like, hey, if I'm not, if it's not something serious, then I probably don't need a doctor. It's probably just temporary. Mm -hmm. It'll go away. Well, I took the doctor's advice that day. I went over and got my lab stuff done. And um, a week week later, she calls me. And she says, hey, I need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, well, what in the world? Did she see something with the shoulder that, I, that we didn't catch? Um, I went in. I, uh, I spoke with her. And she closed the door, just me and her. And she says, uh, uh, we looked at your lab results. And your PSA is a little bit high. We want you to go get checked out. Don't get alarmed. We want you to go get it checked out by urologist just to confirm, you know, that it's not cancer. I was like, okay, no problem. So even then, I'm like, oh, this is nothing. You know, I ride a bicycle. It may be something. With it. She gave me some other causes of why it may be high. Uh, but, you know, she didn't, did not want to get me all excited and stuff. So I went to a urologist, and uh, he did a biopsy. And out of the 16 samples, uh, 12 samples came back with cancer cells. Um, so, um, of course, no one wants to hear that word cancer. Right. And so at that moment, you start thinking about, uh, I got kids. You know, I'm going to see them grow up, see them graduate, I'm married. What's she going to do? Um, and so all these things, your life flashes um, before you. So... I do all the tests and all that stuff, uh, confirmed it's cancer. Um, I did my research and we got the cancer treated uh, and it's been six years, I've uh, been uh, cancer free. My PSA was uh, 4.8, which is considered a little high. Board, uh, the, the standard is 4.0. Mm. Uh, today it's 0 0.1. Wow. Uh, so um, what I would say to your audience uh, about men's health is, don't don't take it for granted. Um, don't self-diagnose. Uh, get in. Uh, get your checkups. Um, take your doctor's advice. Uh, listen to your body. If something doesn't feel right, go get it checked out. Right. Uh, that's one of our my fault was trying to self-diagnose, and um, it almost cost me. It almost cost me everything. Uh, the stats that you read earlier earlier were alarming because uh, a lot of people believe that prostate cancer is is not a killer as a matter of fact um 
there's been litigation in courts to try to uh, eliminate that as a cancer and call it something else, which is a whole nother legal battle uh, that they're fighting with HMOs, like whether they should pay for that or you know have it uh, done some other kind of other kind of method. But um, it's pretty serious, Mark, and, and um, I think that my ignorance uh, and, and the fact that I put a lot of things uh, in jeopardy uh, is what really uh, led me to speak up about this topic. Uh, my selfishness uh, it cost my kids a lot, you know, as far as not having a father. It uh, causes a mother to lose a son, a brother to lose a, a brother and, and siblings. And it really impacts a lot of people. So let's just say, quit. let's not be selfish as men. Uh, don't think about ourselves. Think about everybody around us who, who, who loves us and cares about us. And let's start taking care of ourselves. I think that's an interesting way to frame that, selfish. Um, because I myself, you know, haven't, haven't been the greatest at going. It's, it's, it's funny when we're all in the military, you know, and in the military, you have to go get a physical yeah. every year it's you have to get all your inoculations and your shots and your yeah. flu shots yeah. and it just becomes a part of your way of life and that's that's great they're doing that for a purpose uh, but then you get out and you're like eh, you know and <laughs> but i had never actually considered that to be selfish and and you're right like that that lack of of putting yourself into the position just to go get checked out every year could have cost your whole family. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So if you could, and, and cancer is treatable. I mean, it's not, obviously, you see the, the stats and you heard the stats. There are a lot of people that die of cancer, um, and I don't know whether that's because people don't get checked and catch it early enough on, but in your particular case, did they ever say what they thought might have caused you to, to get prostate cancer? They did not say specifically, and the cancer is one of those diseases. So, so we know uh, radiation, over radiation, uh, being put in situations, for example, uh, at, at the E3, uh, where you're dealing with certain type of materials, it could cause cancer. Hmm. The key word is could. Right. Uh, you probably have to get hard evidence that whatever you're alleging caused it actually caused it right um even with cigarettes for cigarette smokers uh, there's a label that says warning this could cause cancer mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean that it automatically if you put do this it's going to give you cancer so they never did tell me what caused it um the prostate is a um it's a unique organ and um there's, there's other things that could cause it to become inflamed. Uh, I mentioned earlier about old age. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you kind of blur lines a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. is, this, is this something I should worry about or am I just getting older? You know, why am I using the bathroom every two hours or every 30 minutes? Right. It, it could be a, a lot of things, uh, not necessarily cancer. Um, I like your point about the military. Another thing the military teaches us is resilience right mm -hmm. which is great uh but part of that is 
fighting through stuff. Right. Like if something is bothering you, you fight through it because, you know, when I came in, when I was serving in the military, uh, they always thought, hey, if you're tired, the enemy doesn't get tired. So, mm-hmm. you know, you suck it up and you get through it. If your ankle's hurting, then you push through it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us, uh, ex-military, we're taught and trained to, to fight through it. So if something's bothering us, a stomach ache or whatever, we're trained to, hey, let's fight through it. And I think we have taken that a little bit too far um, when you retire, uh, it may not be the best choice to fight through it. It may, the better choice may be to, hey, let's get this checked out. Um, So uh, we really would need to listen to our our bodies, uh, especially these days, uh, and um, get to the doctor as quick as possible. I'm gonna give a, a big shout out to the doctor too, because some doctors may not have taken the route that your doctor did. She, she's the one that kind of looked through your chart and was like, "Hey, hey, here's a, here's a warning sign right here, and why don't we just go be safe?" Like, had she not actually been the one to do that, this we may not be having this conversation Mark, right you, now. You that, are so correct. Big props to our med group, uh, physicians, and all the uh, providers. And everything that they do out there, because uh, her name uh, at times, Captain Julie Terry, I would never forget it, because you're absolutely right. I owe her a debt of gratitude um, for, one, pointing it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't know that that was going to happen. <clears throat> uh, definitely wasn't feeling uh, any symptoms or anything like that, um, other than attribu- attributing uh, anything, uh, which is getting older. Um, so she played the the biggest role i think um just to go have it checked out while i'm there um so absolutely great point great point to our for our providers so as you were going through your treatment um can you kind of talk about you know the the reality of of what your treatment was and and how it affected you and your family yeah so um another caveat uh there are are several treatment options uh, so the one I selected may not be the best. Uh, however, um, so uh, once you are, it's confirmed that you have this um, cancer, you pick a treatment that's best for you. Uh, some people uh, decide on surgery. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's risk with any treatment. Uh, surgery for me was not much of an option because of all of these side effects that that could come from surgery um radiation you know you get a a blast of radiation and um, it could definitely all treatments are are are, going to knock it out for the most part uh it's just the side effects you have to really consider uh anyway i decided to go with a more um modern treatment which was uh, a proton therapy and, and that's a whole other discussion of the difference between proton therapy and um, standard radiation. Uh, but that process uh, with all the testing and what they have to do uh, to get you prepped for that type of treatment uh, is it's, it's not easy because mentally um, you still have this in your body. Right. And uh, like I said, oh, 
most treatments are 100% effective uh, if you catch it early enough, uh, meaning if you catch the cancer in a localized area, the prostate is in the, literally in the center of your body. Mm-hmm. Once that cancer um, sp- spreads beyond the, the, the prostate, it could go anywhere. It could go to your legs, to your bones, your it can go wherever it needs to go. Now it's a little harder uh, to to isolate, mm-hmm. uh, and then that's when you need the the more extensive treatments like chemotherapy and stuff like that uh, to kill it. Um, so in my journey, um, we did all the tests. We confirmed uh, they did what they needed to do to to get set up for this particular type of treatment. Um, I like this treatment because uh, it's 44, 40, it took 44 treatments or 44 doses of proton therapy uh, to actually kill it. Um, this company was great. Um, I used to, when I was working in PA, uh, used to go out for treatments at lunch um, and then come back to work. Right. So it was very little interruption into my normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every... Uh, Month after that, they would I would go back in, I'd get a PSA test done, uh, and the numbers would just continually drop. And, and for three years after the uh, my last uh, dose, um, the numbers are still going down. So um, the journey itself, um, I don't want to go into all the details right. uh, of that, um, <clears throat> but uh, the, the journey is more mental, uh, I think, than anything else. Uh, the physical stuff you could deal with uh, the mental knowing that um, you, you've got this uh, in your body, that this disease, how'd you get it? Why'd I get it? Why'd this happen to me? Um, what happens if this doesn't work? Uh, is it going to come back? All those things are in your mind. Right. Um, and then you have to be strong for your family and for your friends and stuff like that as well. So it could be taxing. Was your family part of the decision in in the course of treatment? That was the hardest part. Um, on my way back, once the cancer was confirmed, I'm thinking at the time my kids had two kids, two girls, uh, they were like 12 and 10. And I was thinking, how am I going to look them in the eye and tell them th- that I have this disease and that daddy may, may not be around? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife as well, you know, um, you know, we, at that time we were married probably 15 years. So uh, we had built this life together and now I got to look them in the, in the face and be strong and say, hey, you know, this is what's happening. Right. Uh, so um, I told her first and wanted to get her input, how, we, how do we share this with the kids? And I think being positive, you know, um, help the family uh, with, with, with the decision. Um, and explaining to my kids that everything's going to be okay, even when I knew internally that it may not Mm -hmm. be. uh, Just being strong for them uh, and my wife, it kind of calmed them a little bit. You know, we got through it. And the fact that uh, they knew I was going through treatments and I was going to work just like normal Mm -hmm. uh, made it a lot easier for them as well. Um, And then, of course, your siblings and your mom and stuff like that, that's a different conversation. Uh, But... Yeah, so I had lots of support, uh, coworkers as well, um, that, that helped me get through it. It kept me positive. Right. Thank God. Yeah. 
Um, so do you you still get your PSA taken every year? Is that required, or so the, do you just want to? That's the moral of this whole story. <laughs> so uh, before uh, this happened, uh, it's like Dr. Terry, three years, uh, Mr. Lafayette, we haven't had a, any lab stuff on you, so why don't you go down and do that? So now it's every year. Um, my doctor now, uh, Dr. Joan Miller at the med, med group, awesome med group, um, I have a conversation with her every, every year, pleasant lady. Um, and we look at my lab results and she tells me, um, your PSA is awesome. Uh, there's some things that you need to look out for, you know, stop eating fried food so much, you know, right. the, the whole thing. And instead of me going, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not giving up this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, my takeaway from all of this is you can either make the decision on your own right now to change, uh, to get checkups, um, to eat healthy, to get active, or someone's going to make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. In the case with the cancer, um, that lifestyle change for me um, was uh, limited my choices. You either want to live or you don't want to live. Uh, so um, I choose to listen to the experts now and, uh, and try to alter my habits uh, to live a healthier, healthier lifestyle. So to answer your question, absolutely, every year uh, when I walk out of the med group, uh, I go straight to the desk and I said, make an appointment right. but for next time. So yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. That, that's the takeaway for me. It's changed my life. And so I will be the biggest um, voice um, for habit, ch- habit changing for men and the way they think about their health and the way they look at their health. Get checked up. It's not going to cost you anything, right. but it could cost you everything if, if you don't. Right. So, so important to note. Um, and it's, I mean, it is, it's claiming 30,000 of our brothers every year in this yeah. country, you know, one way or the other. And, and over 200, over 200,000 men every year are being diagnosed. And absolutely, you know, all, all you have to do is, is, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, man up absolutely. and go into the doctor and, absolutely. uh, we're not experts, but I think all the doctors would, would surely obviously tell you, you know, at least once a year, yeah, go in, yeah. get, get everything checked out make sure you're doing okay, <clears throat> man. That's a, uh, thanks for sharing the story. Ah, no problem, Mark. Um, and so I think with that, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up another episode of the Tinker Talks. I'm getting stared at by Jillian down the table down there. The, the sound engineer and the mastermind behind this podcast is uh, <laughs> she keeps me on. It's on a friendly tab. stare. <laughs> it is a, it's a friendly stare. Well, Ken, I'm, I'm so happy that, that we were able to have you come in and, and tell this story. And like I said, I've known about this for many years, but um, we hadn't actually sat down and, and talked through the specifics. And as you pointed out, and, and as I pointed out, we're not medical experts, um, but it is critically important that you go see the people who are and uh, let those rock stars take care of you. That's, that's what they get trained to do. And, and again, thank God that you had one that, that happened to be sharp enough and wise enough to, uh, yes, to sir. look at your chart and, and, yeah. and put you out where you needed to get to. Yeah. Um, and so, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yes. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. Um, I just had a question 
in terms of other support groups, did you feel like um, you were able to connect with people? Did you meet people that had had a similar diagnosis or similar experience that you thought, um, you know, maybe I can lean on them for things that worked for them, what didn't work for them? Um, Because there's definitely a sense of relatability in a place where you feel really isolated. Um, That's a great question, Jillian. Uh, So, yes, uh, the the doctor I chose to, to, for my type of therapy, uh, they have support groups, people who's went through it. Uh, I'm part of that support group now. Um, I'm calling it advocate. Uh, And so we meet with folks who are getting ready to go through the process and kind of calm them down a little bit, let them know that it's okay. We, we, we know what you're going through. Uh, we've been there. Uh, I also get a lot of uh, folks, a lot of men who just email me or who's heard uh, about my story uh, that may be a little concerned. And uh, they'll come into the office and say, hey, can, can I talk to you about this? And uh, we'll take a walk, we'll have lunch, and I'll just walk them through it. Like, it's, it's going to be okay. Because, as I stated earlier, uh, it's, it's a mental thing. Uh, almost it's just as bad as the physical part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know. Anxiety creeps in. Um, fear, you know, not being here. Uh, so, absolutely, Jillian, uh, we have support groups. I'm not sure if there are any on Tinker, but um, what... what you do happen to get the disease whoever you decide to do that type of treatment they're going to have a support group for you uh and if anyone you know needs support i'm always here at that tinker right and it, i think it's important to note too that i i don't believe tinker actually treats um cancer no you know we're not we're not set up as an installation like right. that we're a clinic right. not a hospital yeah um, so just still have we have doctors you know fully certified uh medical school graduate doctors mm-hmm. but we don't actually perform yeah. those things here so th- you had to be referred absolutely absolutely yes yeah. sir yeah i did have one follow-up um in terms of being that support system now and being the advocate do you feel like you're um in a more reactive role or do you try to be more proactive in terms of um exceeding just saying take care of yourself and go to the doctor like do you you're not really able to pinpoint by looking at someone hey like you you need to go to the doctor but um are you in a position where you can really encourage people before it gets to a reactive point where you have to step in and be the support of hey i know where you are i've been there yes man great question uh so before covid um put on health fairs uh you see them around town uh and so i uh, go to the health fairs uh i've done commercials uh but with most health fairs it's about educate education um and uh informing uh encouraging uh, men uh to go get checked up uh and if they do have an issue you know here's an option um I think the biggest thing uh, is educating men uh, to be aware of what's happening with their, with their bodies. Uh, like I, like me, you know, uh, attributed a lot of things to getting older, and um, 
that was wrong. Like Mark said, uh, with Dr. Terry, um, had she not uh, just made a simple request, things would be uh, could be a lot different. I will honestly say that had it not been for that, I probably would not have gotten a lab, lab test. I probably would still be, hopefully, maybe not hopefully, but walking around with this disease in my body because of my um, unawareness. So you bring up a great point. It's all about education. I did not attend health fairs. I did not because I assumed that I was okay. You right. know, for, for my age, I was okay. So health fair was... And there's a sense of pride too and not Absolutely. necessarily you specifically or to stereotype genders but there's a sense of pride that comes with oh, I'm okay it's kind of the resilience you talk about yeah. you just think like this is not going to happen to me mm-hmm. um, like you can tough it out you're fine I might tell my wife hey you need to go to the doctor if you don't feel well but like me I'm, I'm okay yeah. I'm a tough guy yeah 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 absolutely right um, it, it's an it's an ego and a pride thing at least it was for me um, you to get me to a hospital, uh, I, I, my limb would have to be almost <laughs> off. Um, in this case, uh, my shoulder wouldn't stop hurting, and I wanted to play more, and I couldn't. The, the guy that I don't want to say he caused it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, we no longer play racquetball <laughs> together. We do not. He I taught him how to play, and he ended up. Be getting better than me and he started to gloat a little bit and he kept asking me and I was like man I can't play my shoulder my shoulder hurts I don't know don't know why and I don't want to get beat anymore and because I knew I would have because I, so um that led to the pride thing right and this in this case it's the, the pride of wanting to get revenge for lack of a better word like, I want to beat this guy. In order for me to beat this guy, I need to get this shoulder right. In order to get the shoulder right, I need to go to the doctor so she can tell me how to get the shoulder right. And I fix it, and then I go back out there, and I kick his butt, and the world would be right again. All in the name of racquetball. <laughs> All in the name of racquetball. In a strange twist of fate, <laughs> this shoulder injury actually saved your life. Yeah, Potentially, absolutely. like that, that weird chain of events yes, that, yes. that happened. Yes. Like, you may have never known until... It was too late. You're 100% correct. What a bizarre. I would have never have went to the doctor had he, you know, not hurt me. It, it's not going to work like that for everybody. Right. That's a great point. <laughs> great point. And so that's why we say um, don't wait for something to happen. Take the initiative and get it done. It's only going to take 20 minutes. Right. And I think it's important to note for men in general because – I think there's still a, a misconception out there that there's only one way to get tested for prostate. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's not the old way. That is not. Right? They, <laughs> they can do it in a less invasive way Absolutely. now that, uh, yeah. that, that should not prevent anybody from wanting to go and yeah. get checked. Yeah. Technology has changed a lot. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> but also, and this might be the unpopular opinion and unnecessary coming from the female, but... I'm personally an advocate for whatever it takes. If you you reach a point where you're like, well, it's either, like you said, choosing to live or choosing not to live. And if it means an invasive procedure for the sake of 
a life, yeah, yeah, I would, I would go in that direction. But absolutely, you want to take, you want to make sure that you are good, right? So the way I look at it is, do I want to walk around with my shoulder hurting for the rest of my life, maybe, or whatever injury you have? Or do you want to be uncomfortable for a few seconds? Um, if it's going to give you a for sure answer. Uh, because what's the, uh, what, what, what's the cost? I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. We'll, we'll put oil in our car and we'll give our car a tune-up and do all that prevent, preventative maintenance. We'll change filters in our air conditioners and heaters at home, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we won't go and take a 15-minute physical yeah. every 12 yeah. months. Yeah, and, and what we're talking about, a lot of men know what we're talking about, um, it's not enjoyable for anybody, right. <laughs> for anybody, but it's necessary sometimes. Yeah. And I would uh, take, take that um, few minutes, few seconds, uh, to make sure that something isn't, you know, something's happening that, that shouldn't be happening. It, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, if anyone wants to talk to me about that uncomfortable moment, uh, they need to hit me up on email. I can tell them <laughs> about <laughs> Right. And, and don't, don't be selfish. Yeah. I think that was a, yeah. that was a great point that you brought up. Just don't, don't be selfish. Yeah. It's not just about you. Thank you so much, Ken, for Thank sharing your perspective. We Thanks for having it. me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. And uh, with that, we will bring to close another episode of the Tinker Talks podcast. Um, if you haven't checked us out on social media yet, please do so. You can find us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base. And our Twitter account is at team underscore Tinker. And then, of course, you can check out our website, www.tinker.af.mil. Um, we are still in the middle of a, of a course, a different uh, crisis, and that's pandemic. And we do have a great COVID-19 website that was put up there that was actually built by our Jillian. So Yay. she is multi-talented <laughs> for sure. So until next time, um, everybody out there, as we always say, be safe, treat each other with respect, and have a great day and a great week.